A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cat dirt. When we swear, we're not always as cute as Lady Sandraline. So if you're listening in an inconvenient place, you may want to wait. Hello! Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading Chapter 2 of Briar's book. So grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And, oh god. Oh fuck. Oh shit. So chapter (laughs) two opens with Sandri and Triss and Nico visiting Duke Vedris, Sandri's uncle. Nico has some important shit to talk to the Duke about, so he goes out on the balcony... And they're talking all secretive-like. And then Rosethorn comes into Sandry and Triss's heads. And she's like, I need Nico now. So they scuttle out on the balcony. And the adults are like, why are you interrupting us? And they're like, Rosethorn did it. I find it really funny that even Duke Vedris is like, I better not cross Rosethorn. <laughs> We're not going to do that. And he's the Duke. The literal ruler of Emelon. And like, he's like... No, uh, not going to go there. Let's hear what she's got to say. I am not putting up with this lady. We're not going to make her any more angry than she already sounds. <laughs> yeah, I think he's aware of her reputation. By now, probably more than just her <laughs> reputation. Yes. Yes. Thorn and Nico discuss Flick and what appears to be a new disease through the channel of Briar and Triss. They're like little cell phones. <laughs> Something are. like that, yeah. <laughs> little sentient cell phones. <laughs> uh, FaceTime back in the day. Uh, yeah, because they can they can also see. Rosethorn and Briar wait for some soldiers to come and they get Flick on a stretcher into the back <laughs> of not ambulance exactly thing. Allie Pup unfortunately runs off. And they go back to Erda's house through, like, the back way, which is already set up for quarantine. Rosethorn and Briar and Flick are quarantined in one room. The soldiers who brought them there are quarantined in the other. Rosethorn and Briar should have tackled Allie Pup so he couldn't get away. They should have tackled him. Just, like, full-on football tackle. No, you can't leave. I could just imagine Rosethorn tackling this boy in the sewers. (laughs) She would love that. If yes. you draw fan art, please send us a picture of Rosethorn tackling Alley Pup in the sewers. Find <laughs> us on our social media or contact us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. Nico comes to Ernest's house and talks to Rosethorn and she is pissed because he did not give her advance warning. And he's like, hey, I see a lot of shit and I can't always tell which is actually going to happen or not. Briar is worried because Rosethorn is worried, and Rosethorn's not afraid of anything. In the meantime, Triss and Sandry get back to Discipline Cottage, and they tell Lark everything, and she's like, yeah, I kind of knew some of this because Moonstream just had a meeting for all of Winding Circle, because as we know, Dedicate Crane is going to be in charge of helping find a cure. Daja's there. They inform her about what's going on as well. And they're all really uncomfortable with this because it's the first time that any of them have been apart from one another since they met. Which is a year, almost. 
Yeah. Yeah. They're also worried that Briar's going to get sick and die from some disease that we don't know anything about. Triss gets really pissed off and is like, well, it's their own damn fault. They shouldn't have been mucking about with the poor. Lark very sternly chastises her and is like, that's me you're talking about. P.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right up, end of chapter. Ta-da. Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and disliked and all of our other intense feelings about this fucking chapter. I came on this podcast to uh, read a kid's book, have a good time, have fun, have some laughs. Same, same, same. This is not that. Not, not, this is not that. Not that. <laughs> you guys tricked me. <clears throat> sorry. Not, not sorry. <laughs> I don't know if I can trust you guys anymore. Yeah, they, they really let us on on this first three books are nice and easy and fun. A little heavy sometimes, but man. This, you this know really... who else can't be trusted? This lady. That woman. Tamara Pierce. Yeah. <laughs> that woman. Yeah, me, Tamara Pierce. This is going to hurt. This is going to hurt. A whole lot. A heart. Who wants to go first? Who wants to word vomit first? The one thing I like is snipper skirts. That's it. That's it. That's 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 all you've got on likes for me. I love that Tris gets upset and Sandry's like, you do realize he's only saying that because he doesn't want us to know how scared he is. I love that Sandry can read him so well. Yeah. He tells Tris, you only focus on the words. You don't focus on what's going on underneath the words i do find that funny because tris is definitely the same way she's very bristly that's kind of what tells her too yeah yeah even that's the same you do this when you're upset too it definitely shows how close the kids are just because sandry is so capable of reading briar it kind of comes across like they're not the closest of the four relationship wise because it feels like Daja and Sandry are the closest and Triss and Briar are the closest. Yeah. And so the fact that Sandry's just like, listen here, you know better. You should know better. It feels like that. When Sandry's trying to talk to Triss while she's reading a book, Triss is like, I was reading. And Sandry's like, you're always reading. The only way people can ever talk to you is to interrupt and Tris says, then maybe they shouldn't talk to me. I used to read so much in high school. I always had my face in a book. People would come up to me when I was clearly reading and try to like have conversations with me. I would look up for my book, answer their question, and then go back to reading. And then they would continue to try to have a conversation with me. And I would get so irritated. I'm just trying to read my fucking book. But you keep talking to me. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm reading a book. Can you not fucking tell? I'm reading. They'll keep talking to me. And so I'll close said book. And they're like, well, why did you stop? I'm like, because you're talking to me. Why else would I stop? <laughs> my next like is still with Sandry and Tris. And Tris is like, do you think your uncle will let me borrow this book? And Sandry's like, ask him. He likes you. <laughs> and she's like, he does? Why? I feel that all the time. Somebody's like, oh, that person likes you. Like, really? They do? Why? I don't know why. I'm the Trist of the group, and I am understanding why more and more with each book that we read. Like, uh, this girl is me. I'm angry, and I just want to read. I don't want to be bothered. (laughs) My last one, it wasn't really a like. It was just... I felt so bad for Sandry when they're seeing the vision through Briar's eyes whenever she's seeing all the pockmarks on Flick and she's being reminded of her family. I just wanted to reach into the book and hug her tightly. That had had to be so hard for her to see. Uh, I felt so bad for her. I just wanted to hold her, hug her. Like, it's going to be okay. You've got your family right here. I know this is hard, but 
we can make it through this. So my likes, you guys kind of touched on most of them. Tris being called out by Lark in the most impactful way possible. Making someone feel bad for what they did without getting mad at them and making themselves sad, that's rough. Tris needed that because clearly what she said was not cool. Talking about the poor people in the uh, Meyer district. Ooh, I don't know. That hurt to read. I felt like one of the girls in the room, just like, ooh, ah, it was painful. So I don't know if that's a like or a dislike, but uh, it was interesting. Yeah, I know when Molly read it for our expert last week, I, she read that as like, ooh, she did not just say that. I'm like, oh. Something I will comment on about that scene is it is a very Lark way of telling her, hey, look, you definitely crossed the line here. And they've never seen Lark mad. You can tell she's trying to be very calm and explain, hey, look, this is why what you said is really fucked up and this is why it's affecting me. But you can tell Lark is angry about this statement she's just trying so hard to be like as calm and not rose thorn <laughs> as it, it, she can be it felt like one of those i'm not mad i'm disappointed moments mm-hmm. yeah which for me hurts more than someone being mad. oh my god like and that was i'm not gonna punish you but you can punish yourself basically mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That was something that was devastating to me as a kid. My dad knew exactly what he was doing. He's like, I'm not mad. I'm just really disappointed in you. That was world ending. When you're a kid and this is the person that you like look up to or you love and respect. And they're just like, I'm really disappointed in you. And you're just like, oh, God, (laughs) everything is awful. I need something stronger than this coffee right now. I liked when Rose Thorne got mad mad at that guard. Yes. <laughs> it was like, shut your pie hole right now. <laughs> I will was, fuck you up. <laughs> he looked at her in the eyes and then like backed down like a sad dog. That was good. Everybody is scared of Rose Thorne. So Lark mentions that she had to go to the mire because she didn't have money to live anywhere else. In Pierce's canon of how Lark and Rose Thorne meet... It has something to do with Rose Thorne going to tend people who are sick. And Lark is one of the people who she's taking care of in the mire who is sick. So mm-hmm. that is where they meet. And that means Rose Thorne knows all of this about Lark. And they are very, very close. We've debated about their relationship, but they're definitely close. I can also see Rose yeah. thinking about that and being like, shut the fuck up about my Lark. <laughs> Brittany. I will fuck I, you up. I'm scared. <laughs> if that's how they met, then that's probably why Rose Thorne continues to take care of the sick then. And when Briar says something about it, she's like, no, that's how I met my wife. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> that is probably a very valid point. It states this is kind of how she serves as a dedicate. But I kind of like to think that it was very early on that she and Lark met. So I think that you're right. She continues to do this because she's like, I wouldn't have met my best friends. It doesn't matter what kind of relationship they actually have as far as like romantic or plutonic. This is her best friend. And you can tell. It's like if I never started working at Walmart, I never would have met Brittany. As much as I hate the corporate grind, if I hadn't gotten that job, I would have never met my best friend. Fate puts you in these situations where you just have to accept the ride. That's kind of what's going on is Rose Thorne's like, I know the risks of coming here and I will continue to do it because I wouldn't have met Lark this way. Who knows who is someone else's Lark? Oh, I cringed audibly when Dedicate Crane was brought up. Uh. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, great. I, was, I was in the car and I was just like, Ugh. Ugh, no. Great, we're going to have okay. to get that asshole again. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I don't trust funny? him, frankly. I hate Crane. I think Crane is annoying and self serving and very, very much an asshole. But I really like him in this book. Yeah. Oh, good. 
if that helps you any, I actually like him somewhat by the end of this book. In this book, I like him. It I don't like him any it, other it time. It won't help Brittany. No. <laughs> if she hates entirely and there's no changing her mind. <laughs> We'll, we'll see. It, listen, Corel has not done anything to redeem himself. Corel has not season. done anything to prove that he's bad. He punched a baby. Listen, Molly, uh, he punched uh, uh, a baby. Agree to disagree. A whiny, whiny little bitch. <laughs> uh, I don't like it. Sounds like somebody else I know, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do likes and dislikes, Molly. You guys have mostly mentioned all of my notes on this chapter. Holy fucking shit, this is so goddamn real. Because just every page is like gloves and masks. Well, we have to quarantine because this is new and we don't yet have a cure for it. And we have people who are going to have to find a cure for it. And we don't yet have any way of diagnosing it or telling if you have it or not, et cetera, et cetera. Just like, yep. I know exactly what this is like now. <laughs> That's the big one. A couple of little things. I really like the moment when Rosethorn and Briar are going with Flick to Erda's house and talking about what they need to do to take care of her. I love the way she is teaching him. We get to see the process of her teaching. And she says, we need to give you willow bark tea. Why is that, Briar? And he tells her. And then he says, we should also put some aloe on her skin because I noticed that she's got blisters and things. I love the way that she's using this as a hands-on way of teaching him. She just turns to him and says, what do you think we should do? And lets him show his knowledge and use what he's learned in an applied way. Same scene, they talk about flick bathing and Rose Thorne turns to her and says, yes, I said the bad word, wash, but it didn't kill him, so it won't kill you. The only other note I have, I love Pierce's writing. I think it's usually very good, but I have noticed that she really likes the phrase wears power like a cloak. This is at least the third she time does. in the series that it has shown. I meant to make a note of that as well. I think yeah. it's every single book so far. Yeah. And it's always about Duke Phaedrus. There's one in Sandry's book that refers to Nico. But yeah, she's used that phrase several times. I see mm-hmm. your favorite phrase. That's her catchphrase. <laughs> That's her catchphrase. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. 
Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Velour XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Step two is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the text. What themes did y'all find? Lots of fear in this chapter. Everyone is afraid. Name a person, they're scared. Including Briar, who's trying to pretend like he's not scared, and Rose Thorn, who, same. Is not afraid of anything, yeah. and yeah. she is terrified. Terrified, <laughs> yeah. Even the strong people are scared, so I'm scared. I'm named, and I'm same. scared. Same. <laughs> <laughs> it's only chapter two. I'm afraid. <laughs> Tying into that, there's a part where Duke Features is like, oh, I was hoping that I could go like a week without bad news. 2020, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Who had Orfish on the Apocalypse Bingo? Did anybody have Orfish on Apocalypse Bingo? Because I didn't. <laughs> I feel that. Mine was actually kind of the opposite. Mine was calm, or at least trying to stay calm. Briar joking at the girls, so they try not to worry as much. You know, he was trying to sort of lighten the mood and he's like yeah it's gonna be cool to spring my tree and we'll hang out like i used to with my old friends back in hajra it's fine uh tris's discussion with sandry after that discussion with briar tris kind of sees how shook sandry is she was gonna keep kind of arguing with her but then she sees how upset she was and she's like okay you know what i'll take it down a notch and just i'll put my arm around you calm you down it, it sort of worked they're both worried still but at least they're not arguing also, the procedures that they had for moving sick people, they had those tents set up mm-hmm. to move people without being seen. They had the cart ready to go. Like they were, they're semi-prepared for this sort of thing. That's definitely a way to keep the citizens calm because you don't want someone being like, look, they're carrying a sick person on that litter. What do they got? And it's like, oh, I don't know. Oh God. Oh shit. Oh fuck. We're all going to get sick and let's burn everything down because people panic when they think they're sick. And especially in this sort of like pre-industrial society where there aren't vaccines yet, any sort of disease like that could be really, really dangerous for a lot of people. I was going to say it's appropriate for all of 2020. People are trying to keep calm. Whether or not it's working is a whole other story, but they're trying. I wrote down preparation because even though Rose Thorne tells Nico that they're not really prepared for this, you see they already have this whole system set up for how to move Flick without just scaring the crap out of everyone. And they already have a quarantine space up, set up at Erda's house. And it specifically talks about how there's a separate door and a separate staircase, and it's closed off from the rest of the area. The not trying to scare people, there are several places where they talk about, okay, right now we have to keep this kind of hush-hush because we don't want to cause a panic. Duke Vidris tells Sandra and Triss, I don't want you telling anyone but Lurk about this right now because we have to figure out what the right way to inform the public about this is. Otherwise, mass chaos. It's something that I didn't really think about with the coronavirus pandemic. How is that difficult for world leaders to handle in the sense of trying to keep people calm and rational? Even now, you can get mass panic and then shit goes up in flames. I mean, (laughs) shit went up in flames regardless. (laughs) Indy's muted and screaming. (laughs) The other thing that really stood out to me is the treatment of and the way people view the poor. Because this disease starts in an area of poor people. It's this homeless kid who is living in the sewers. And we have that guard 
who's like, well, you might not care, but blah, blah, blah. When really all he needed to say was actually, we're going to all have to quarantine with you because we don't want anybody else to get sick. And then, of course, Triss and Lark. And actually, there's a mention about how Sandry is dressed very nicely while she's visiting her uncle because she knows that her uncle likes to see her dressed appropriately for her station. And that reminds me of back in Dodger's book when she's doing the weaving and she's gone into that trance and then she comes out of it and she's really exhausted. Somebody's placed a tray of food there She just starts eating because she's so hungry. Her uncle comes in or is there and says something. She freaks out because she doesn't want people to see her eating like a commoner. Even Sandry, who we love and is pretty social justice oriented, has these hierarchical views set in place. As does her uncle, who seems like a pretty cool guy, but it's there kind of in some regard with everybody. And all of this, again, just so similar to our world, because people who are poorer are more likely to get sick, or they're more likely to get screwed over in other ways, getting thrown out of their house because they can't pay rent, because their job closed down, because everybody has to quarantine. And then, of course, in our country, that also connects along ethnic lines as well, because white people tend to be better off in general, there have been more people of color who have gotten the virus than white people. Did that sentence make yeah, sense? They're, they're being affected disproportionately. Like, yes, that's the word yes. I'm looking for. <laughs> we haven't seen any evidence in here that there is an ethnic thing going on in that sense, but it's very clear already that this is going to affect the poor much worse than it's going to affect the well-off people. You guys kind of touched on mine. I found the calm in the chaos, which is the trying to remain calm even when everything is going to shit. Everybody's scared. Everybody is not sure what's going to happen. And you have everybody who's trying to stay calm. And I mean, we see that with the girls. They're all like, this is bad. This is going to suck. But we got to stay hopeful for what's going to happen with Lart. We see it in the scene where she's talking to Triss about the mire and about how disproportionately the poor are affected by things like this. And of course we see it with Briar and Rose Thorne both trying to be like, yeah, it's, it's cool. Everything's fine. We're going to get through this. It's okay. I also found following procedure because everything is set up where if a situation like this happens, there are fail-safes. There are things that are already in place that will allow the situation to get as, I don't want to say as contained. They can cut the panic and just the general mass hysteria down by a lot because they already have these fail-safes in We know that in Sandry's book that there was already a plague like this, so it killed everybody. So I kind of have to wonder how much of that is fail-safes because they weren't prepared for the last one. When you talked about how some of the fail-safes and the procedures that they have set up come from having dealt with earlier pandemics, Lark says that there was a pandemic three years ago. That's very similar to what's happening in Africa. Just not too long ago, there was an Ebola outbreak in Africa, and there was panic going on here, but it wasn't a super big issue here. It was a much bigger issue there. A lot of the things that they have in place for helping deal with the coronavirus epidemic came out of how they dealt with the Ebola epidemic, including the like elbow tap thing that's gone everywhere now because apparently it was called the like elbola or something (laughs) i love that that is that is beautiful they had testing stations and quarantines and mobile hospital things and whatever they needed that they had to set up for that so when they found out about covid they were like oh hey look let's get this all rolling again so it was actually in a sense easier for them 
to take care of things than it was in a lot of other countries. The other thing is having all of this stuff in place. They already have a quarantine unit. They already have a a way to get people to that quarantine. They already have people who are going to be working on the cure. We already know Crane is going to be in charge of helping find a cure. So they already have various things set in place. And I was like, it's almost like they have like a team of people working together who are like, okay, if we have an epidemic, these are the things that we need to prepare for it. Almost like we used to have in the United States. Quarantine task force, important shit, kind of like controlled burns. Frankly, this just makes me feel just how inept our government is. The circle of magic, or everything the U.S. hasn't learned yet. I wonder if Tamara Pierce is actually a uh, time traveler. You know, starting it to feel that surprise way. me. Yeah, it's very on the on the nose right now. She's like, hmm, I can write four books with just this one year. is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? Mine actually comes from the conversation between Triss and Lark. Knowing your privilege with Lark, we're just going to take this as an example. It's like Lark went from being in the mire to being a temple dedicate. She is intimately aware of both the ups and the downs of life. And sometimes I know I do this where I see somebody who has so much more than me and who has all of this either monetarily wise or security wise. I'm sometimes like, oh, well, they don't know what it's like. And you never know. Sometimes these people might have worked a bullshit amount in order to get where they're at. I'm not going to say I've had an easy life, but save for about seven months of my life, I didn't have to worry about a roof over my head. I didn't have to worry about where my food was coming from. I might not have eaten for a couple of days, but I knew that there would be food because there was a period of about seven months of my life where I didn't have that security. I lived quite literally under a bridge for a while. I know that just from that time, how hard it is to get back on your feet and to continue thriving because being in a position where you do feel like you have nowhere to go and nothing to do and you're never going to get out of that situation. Sometimes feel like, oh, well, I've had it rougher than some people and I don't have it that bad. (laughs) I have good friends. I have a roof over my head. I have a decent job. (laughs) It's also a reminder of not going, oh, well, I got out of this situation. Why can't this person? Because there are always factors that we don't see of someone's life. I think as a society, we're starting to realize that people of color have so much more working against them because primarily what people consider the slums is a black community. I have my feelings of why (laughs) that's shitty, but I could rant about that for hours and I'm not going to. And it's not just the black community, it's the Latinx community and really any immigrants in the U.S., they have such a hurdle to get over. We don't always look at what put them in that situation. We look at, well, why can't they get out of it rather than being like, okay, what can be done to get them out of that situation? Check your privilege. I don't see it so much with my friend group, but I see it a lot with people that I work with or I have worked with who have these view of people who are less fortunate than others. And they make it seem like it's their fault for being where they're at when it's not their fault systems working against them. As a 
white female passing person white I say in quotations I recognize that I have a lot more privilege than some of the people that I do know I can go get a job I just have to fit in certain boxes and say certain things and act a certain way and I can flourish and some people don't get that same privilege because of their gender or their race or their age even I really like that one. And that's definitely something that I need to remember as well. Mine was sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do. The big one here is Rose Thorne, who says that she hates nursing people, but she has to do it. Also, Briar has to go to quarantine. And I love the bit where he's thinking about, oh, the guards who brought us here are also going to have to quarantine. They have lives, but they're going to have to stay here in case they got sick. The girls don't want to be without Briar, but they have to. I feel like this comes up especially in my job. I love my job. I love my students. But there are other things that I have to do in my job that I find annoying and obnoxious and time consuming. And I feel like next time I have to sit down and do paperwork, I need to think of this chapter and just tell myself, like, sometimes you have to do things that you don't want to do, especially because as annoying and time consuming as paperwork is, a lot of the paperwork that I do is genuinely going to be useful in some manner. Like, it's mostly documenting the English proficiency of our non-native English speakers and assessing what kind of additional accommodations they may need in class and on standardized testing. And that paperwork helps ensure that they get those accommodations. I hate the paperwork, but it's going to help my kiddos. The way you guys talked about Lark, this didn't even occur to me until this moment. But I feel like Lark also fits into this because when Triss makes this comment, it is possible that Lark wants to get angry, but she doesn't. And that's something I have a lot of trouble with. So I want to be more like Lark and be able to respond to shit things that people say in a calm but still disapproving manner. (laughs) Calm but firm. In certain circumstances, I have a long fuse. Sometimes I have a very short fuse. But regardless, when the fuse goes off, I am no longer Lark. I am all Rosethorn. (laughs) While sometimes the Rosethorn reaction is appropriate, like Goodwin, I do appreciate her snap at the guards. Don't you say another goddamn word. Sometimes there are better ways to act. I feel like that's definitely very context dependent. It depends on what's being said and who's saying it. For what reason. Because yeah, there's certain things that you do need to just shut down immediately. Yeah. And like as strongly as possible. And then there's other stuff where you could be a little more diplomatic. I was going to say that is definitely obvious in the situations that Lark and Rose Thorne are dealing with. Rose Thorne's dealing with someone who's being very shitty and her shutting that down in the manner in which she did. Yeah, it's very Rose Thorn manner all the way, but I feel like that one was more justified to be done harshly. Yeah. Whereas Lark is dealing with one of the kids who doesn't necessarily know better. She does, but at the same time as she's a kid, she doesn't really know any more than the opinions that have surrounded her her entire life. She's not a people yet. She doesn't <laughs> she doesn't have her own opinion. She's just regurgitating other she's, people's She's just sort of ignorant at that point. Yeah. Like yeah. she 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 kind of knows better, but like she still kind of let it slip cuz I'm sure that's something that she heard that like you said out of her parents. Yeah. You have to be tactful about. Also, the guard is being directly shitty to another person. He is directing his shit directly at another person on purpose. And that other person is a child who is very sick. (laughs) And he's supposed to be helping her. So Rose Thorne sweeping in and just going, shut your ass up and do your goddamn job is like, 
whereas Triss, her actions definitely hurt Lark in that situation, but she's not intending to. Like you said, she's just revealing her ignorance. Lark is aware of this and has an established relationship with this person and knows if I can break through that ignorance, then I can teach her. And as opposed to just yelling at her, in which case it's just going to be one person gets upset. So she makes that other person upset. And now everybody's upset. So my personal magic, pretty much just the like direct quote from the reading was don't listen to just the words, but also listen to how the words are said. And this is one that took me a while. I guess my first example would be my sister, uh, one of my sisters. She has a very um, kind of abrasive way of saying things. She's not very tactful. She kind of just blurts stuff out uh, without really thinking stuff through. But it's very rarely malicious or directed directly at a person. She'll say some stuff that's kind of insensitive or mean or something, but it's that's just the way that some people communicate and it's not always a direct attack at a person. And that's just something that you kind of have to learn. It took me a while to really get that through my head that my sister is not being mean on purpose. That's just how she gets her thoughts across, I guess. Now, uh, I, I feel like we have a pretty good relationship. I understand that when she talks like that, it's not on purpose. And one of my good friends is also very similar in talking that way. And it's just kind of one of those things that you have to try to look past your initial impression of that person. Because at first, when I first met her, I'm like, this chick's kind of a jerk. Just not fun to be around. There's something in the way that she says stuff that made me kind of mad just saying stuff insensitively i wish i had like a really direct example of what i'm trying to say she's genuinely a really nice and thoughtful person and she's fun to be around when you realize that like the stuff that she says isn't directed at people it's just kind of i don't want to say a failure to communicate but it's just a different way of speaking from like the way that i do it's just something that you have to get used to with certain people I've already talked about how I am Triss. This chapter had made me realize even more that I am Triss. I guess the passage where Triss and Lark are talking to each other, I am Triss in this. There's a lot of times that I'll say something, joking or not joking, and then realize, oh, shit, I shouldn't have said that. And then I can also be a little bit of Sandry, where I'll try to just be like, oh, cover it up and be like, it's okay. I guess an example of this that I can think of off the top of my head is that I feel like I've gotten better about it, but I know there have been times where I'll joke about Hispanics, about how awful they are. And <laughs> Yeah, just the worst. I justify this by saying it's fine that I can joke about this because I am married to a Hispanic man. So it's fine that I say this kind of thing. I know that I have done this to my husband and his friends and his family. And I know that I have done this to Goodwin as well. Um, you did? I did at oh. TK's house. Um, oh, man, I, I was just joking. I left something at TK's house. I was like, oh, I better come get this because you have a Hispanic man in your house and you know how they are. And nobody laughed. And I was like, oh, shit, I that across the line. I better. <laughs> I will I never so forgive. Terrible after that. But I didn't say anything. And I was like, oh, man, Goodwin probably fucking hates me now. That was a terrible thing to say. And wow. I completely <laughs> didn't even remember that. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm upset all over again. I'll never forgive you. <laughs> the, no, the only, yeah, that's... So I know there's been a lot of times that I've done that and people just look at me like, oh my God, this bitch is so fucking racist. And I'll be like, no, no, no. I don't mean any of this because I'm married to a Hispanic. It's fine that I say this. And it's not fine that I say any of these <laughs> things. I have started to realize this. <laughs> and I feel like I've gotten a lot better about it. But uh, that's my magic. Just, there's Sometimes I say things that I should not say, joking or otherwise. The only people who deserve <laughs> to get shit on are white people. Fuck white people. Yeah. <laughs>
last year, I had a student who had a birthday, hadn't really gotten to celebrate it. A couple of her friends came to me and they were like, on Friday, can we have a birthday party for her? Because she didn't get to celebrate her birthday. I was like, yeah, let's do it. If you bring all the other stuff, I will bring a cake. And I was like, I realized I don't know what kind of cake this person likes. So I wanted to get just like something really plain. I told her, I don't know what kind of cake you like. So I just got a white cake because just about everybody will eat a white cake. And then one of the other girls who was standing there looks at me and she goes, racist. You know, you really got me because I did not know where that story was going. (laughs) That That was was good. good. That was good. It turned out that it was a marble cake anyway, because I'd like picked up the wrong one. I'd meant to grab the white cake and I'd grab the marble one instead. So it was perfect because it was it was white and chocolate. Yeah, Brittany, we're we're cool. I forgive you, by the way. Awesome. Thanks. I genuinely didn't even remember that, like, at all. I'm glad, because I keep remembering it. Oh, my yeah. shit. Well, let it go, yeah. because it's not a big deal. You're, you're a good person. You're all right. Yeah. You're, one, you're, one of, you're one of the good ones. At the end of our episode, we like to read an excerpt from the upcoming chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter three of Briar's book. As Rosethorn poured a cupful for their patient, Briar ran his fingers over the metal box. Like the gauze screens on the outer door, it was written over with signs for health and purity, pressed into the metal and worked into the leather straps. Sickness is a real thing, as real as air or insects. Rosethorn explained to Flick, taking the box and undoing the straps. We can't see it without help, but that doesn't mean it isn't there. With the right magics and tools, you can uncover what disease has tainted. Some of this she taught Briar over the last year. That means we take samples not only from those with the disease, but also from the ones close to them. We hope to get a look at the early stages of the sickness before it turns mean. I wish I'd thought to keep a grip on your friend Pup. We'd need him for this. Rosethorn worked off the box's tight-fitting lid. Inside lay stacks of square white cloth pads. Each was paired with an undyed bag that sported a paper tag on its drawstring. Beside those were flat plates made of glassy black rock and another stack of cloth masks. Briar also noted a tightly stoppered and wax-sealed bottle for liquid ink and a pair of writing brushes. All of these things were in a tray that fitted inside the box. Whatever you see here is spelled to keep every influence out, but the samples that go into these bags, Rosethorn told Flick. Nothing is dyed. The materials are all the most basic. The only thing the mages who work with this stuff should collect is the disease mixed with the body fluids of the people we get samples from. The woman lifted out the top tray to show an inner compartment. It held a second, smaller metal box spelled just as strongly as the one in which it sat. We send this back to Winding Circle with the samples. It's magic to keep those who carry it from getting sick. The box she placed on the table. They'll send us a new one every day. Two comments. Yay. First one, see, I told you that they should have tackled Pup. Just full yep. on football tackle him. They could have kept him, and he could have been there to be helpful for this task. Second of all, Every time I hear the name Flick, I think of Bug's life. (laughs) 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 Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like listening, tell your friends about us. If you don't like listening, tell your enemies. Please tell us what you think of the Circle of Magic by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com or join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. You can find more of Reading Circle Temple at readingcircletemple.com or find Reading Circle Temple on Tumblr. And thanks to Yellows for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their artwork on Tumblr at yellowisforhappydraws.com 
or on Instagram at Shannon Andros. Also, thanks to Britain's brother, Thomas Dick, for a few music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. just it's I have a lot of feelings and I uh, like I'm scared to say anything because like I have read the book before and so like I know what's going on and what's gonna happen with those four and so it just don't a lot of I thought you were gonna not I'm not I thought you were going to say that you had read the book before, but you were, you're still worried it might change. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes I am like, sometimes I'm like, Oh God. Like I've read this before, but what if I forgot something? What if, what if, what if, what if it's changed since the last time I read it? Like I, I have feelings. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.